0: now brought to you by olive tree bible software
1: read study anywhere www.olivetree.com coming to you live but not really live from gut check world headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove shaped state and gut check south command deep in the belly button above the buckle of the bible belt it's the gut check podcast with your hosts ted cluck and zach bartles
0: Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zachary Bartles. And uh, Zach, it's good to be back in studio. You and I are uh, trying to give the fans what they want, which is more frequent uh, programming here on the Gut Check Podcast. We've been a little uh, a little lax in the last few months, and um, baby, it's time for us to be radio pros again. And I want to I want to do a little exercise. Do you are you a Spotify user? Zach? I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know how on Spotify, like I, I don't really curate my music collection that well. I just kind of add songs that I like and I just keep a big list and, and then like scroll through the big list when I want to listen to something. And I want to I want to read to you the songs that I've just recently added. OK. And they're all of a certain genre and a certain era that I think you're going to think is funny. Um, here we go. Dear Maria, Count Me In, All Time Low. Do you remember this song? No, I don't know that at all. It's like pop punk from the early 2000s from this era. that That's exactly like my cup of
1: tea. So I don't know why I don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah, we were just talking off the air about how that era just really sucked and nothing good came out of the early 2000s. And then it occurred to me as I was saying that how many uh, how how many of these songs from that era I've just added to my Spotify. Uh, Dashboard Confessional, Uh a a song called Vindicated. Nice. Yes. uh, All American Rejects. A song called Swing Swing. Do you remember this song? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Eat World.
1: And the song is Sweetness. Wait a minute. Jimmy Eat World had more songs than that one about uh, the story of the girl that gets played in every mall on constant loop. Apparently they had one more. Yeah, they actually okay. just recorded two songs in you, their career. You know, Ted, I actually have a Jimmy Eat World C D that I bought from the Okamis Library when they had like a like a sale of like all the crap they were getting rid of. And the nice. whole thing is really good.
0: Nice, nice. Um, next, welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, my chemical romance. Nice, dude. Dude, I like so the I, mood
0: you're in. I like the headspace you're in right now. Dude, this proves that I'm actually just a really angsty teenage girl from, like, 2002. Do <laughs> you have I any Good is. Charlotte in there as well? <laughs> Dude, I should have Good Charlotte. What
1: were some of the Good Charlotte tracks? I should add that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I was never really into them. I, I remember that was kind of like when I had sort of officially realized I was over all that stuff, and then I started seeing – like, you know when you realize you, you're no longer into what's popular and you have stuck yourself in an era? Yeah. Good oh, Charlotte yeah. was right after the era that I chose to, to remain – you know, stuck and and mired in. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I have a very um, clear memory of getting rear-ended by a girl. um, And and my car, the brake lights weren't working, I realized later, and that's probably why she (laughs) rear-ended me. It was on East Beltline in Grand Rapids. We both pulled over and she was like, I I can't afford to call the police. And I was like, well, uh, you know, I I don't see any damage to my car, so we're okay. And she had a good Charlotte sweatshirt on. And she drove away, and I had this realization, like, I was thinking that this uh, college student, or or a little bit older, as a kid, and feeling bad for her because she was having this scary experience. Right, and I right. am no long, you know, I'm I'm old now. You know, I'm like I'm like I, I didn't even have any kids yet, but I was like I'm a dad now. You know, I'm, I'm like yeah. kind of the dad uh, vibe. So good, Charlotte's just a little beyond my sweet spot,
0: dude. You know, you get that dad feeling when you're like the mature one in an accident. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. You're the one who's like, calm down, honey. Everything's going to be okay.
0: Dude, this literally happened to me recently. I yeah. was uh, I was not involved in the accident. Like my vehicle wasn't, but I was sitting at a I was sitting at a stoplight, and this kid, this girl who looked like she was about twelve, came screaming through the light and just ran right into a, a like a light pole, and no. uh, yeah, her airbag deployed, and uh, it, it was nighttime. Like we were coming back from a basketball game here at Union, so I had uh, I had KK and the kids with me, and um, you know there was kind of nobody else around, so I, I hopped out of the van and like ran over there. And, um, she was fine. She was a little woozy and like kind of disoriented, but, but I did that. I was, I was doing like the calm down thing. And, and, uh, it was very strange, Zach. Uh, I, I, I know I should be more concerned about like her well being and how she was doing, but it really just made me feel old. So like deep down I was, <laughs>
1: you, were, you were like, this is a tough day for me, right? Yeah.
0: I was kind of fishing for her to like compliment me on how not old I looked as she was like coming out of the fog of being in an accident. You know,
1: I'm really horrified, but you, you look like
0: a picture of youth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm really scared and horrified. And I've just been in this, you know, horrific accident. But, um, but you know what, let me just say how young you look, you know, how young and how relevant. Oh, Judas. Killer glasses, buddy. Yeah, exactly. I love your glasses. And then she passes out. You know, she goes into shock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Baby, speaking of relevant, there's nothing more relevant than uh than this company and than you and I. And um we have a we have a couple of little items of news, and I want to I want to get an update on a project that you just kind of mentioned to me offhandedly, which which was strange because this is huge and monumental for our company. So we are coming out with a hardcover version of the smoking book. So this is basically uh, a coffee table version of the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion, so which I know, itself but, is a coffee table book. So which itself is a coffee table book. So I know that thousands around the around the globe have enjoyed that book, and and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Yeah, Usually no. I am.
1: We're actually, but, um, I, I think we're realistically closing in on ten thousand, probably before the end of next year at this rate, which is pretty exciting for a, a little you know try hard publishing company that started yeah. in your living room and is now in your living room. That's
0: a huge success. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like I feel like that sold better than like some of our traditionally published books, which I'm super proud of. It sold better
1: uh, than either of mine. Yes, absolutely,
0: significantly well, better. <laughs> but anyway, baby, the good news in all this is that we're soon going to have a hardcover version of that, and uh, I want you to give me an update. Where does that project stand? Right,
1: the now? update is actually depressing for me, Ted. Okay, um, I got everything set up. I had everything done. I had the proof taken uh, sent to me, and everything was perfect. With the exception of uh, when it got to the little cigar and pipe Hall of Fame thing for uh, Jared C. Wilson with his his quote, yeah, um, the page before it at the very bottom had the little logo that said cigar and pipe Hall of Fame. You turn the page and then it had the picture of him and the quote. So this one stupid little thing, I'm going to have to resubmit the uh, the interior file and pay 25 of gut checks dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, to do that. And uh, then we'll be ready to go. So, you you know, it's one of those things where if I had paid a little more attention, we would Mm. have each had another cigar, uh, paid for out of our coffers and instead bonehead moves. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I I will take a pay decrease, uh, or (laughs) whatever it takes, man. Maybe
0: that will be reflected in your next paycheck. And, uh, (laughs) that's just the way it works here at gut check corporate. But, uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm encouraged that this conversation is even being had at all, that, uh, that this that this book idea, that this uh, hardcover book was even a glimmer in your eye is, uh, is, is exciting to me. And speaking of books and speaking of new books, um, you have a little update on some cover art for a, a new book that you're dropping soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not too soon. It's in October, October 30th. Okay. Um, and it's – yeah, it's called Playing Saint All Souls Day. Uh, and it's going to be uh, beyond epic. It sounds like it's epic, because it is. Yeah. Um, and and the cover has been now revealed. I'll put the cover on the... Uh, and that's a thing, right, Ted? Have you ever done one of those? A cover, re- a cover reveal for a book? Uh, dude, I don't know that I've ever done a cover reveal for a book, but it sounds super fun. Yeah, it's just like another excuse to try and get people talking about it and use social media and sort of, you know... Um, and, and I did it... <laughs> I... I was told by someone who knows much more than me I'm, – I'm part of a group that that is full of names that uh, even though you don't read this genre, you'd probably know. Uh, you've yeah. probably heard of Terry Blackstock um, yeah. and and Colleen Coble and these people. And so I, I asked them, you know, how do you do a cover re- reveal? And I was told do it on – not on your blog. And again, we were talking last week about how my blog is just a barren wasteland. Um, yeah. Do it on a book blogger's blog. Who you uh-huh. you like and and who you know is is popular and and so there's this this woman who had interviewed me in this hilarious way. She called it a face off, and she even put a little clip from Face Off with Nick Cage. Oh, nice! <laughs> and and it was just random questions back and forth. We both answered them, and she decided who won and, and kept track of points. It was hilarious. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to do that again and have uh-huh. it on her blog because she was so funny. And then I sent, I still had her email from the last book. I sent her. Um, and asked her if I could do it. She said, "Yeah." I sent her the cover. I sent her, the, you know, she, I answered the questions. And then I realized the name of her blog was a Transparent Mom dot com.
0: Oh, oh, nice!
1: Yeah, yes, which nice. And, and she it was Trans Capital P Parent, which she had come up with before the Amazon show about the cross-dressing, you know, yes. uh, George Senior Bluth. And yeah. so I, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm still glad it's on here, but I feel really weird and awkward, like me. I'm like, okay, here's a book that's about like serial killer and and you know Vatican agents and and all the you know my trademark stuff. Yeah, uh, and I want to direct you to a transparentmom.com for the big <laughs> cover reveal, but it went really well. Um, Baby, I feel like that's that's almost like a Tobias
0: Fünke level of uh, of innuendo, right there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> unintended innuendo.
1: Let the great experiment begin. <laughs> Universe, you've done it again. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, if you click on the the image of the the uh, cover, you can go over to a transparent mom and see and see the interview. Uh, if I get this posted soon enough, you'll be able to enter to win. You know what? Forget that. No, you don't. You you gut check members don't need to enter that. You know, general slob's uh, raffle. Um, I'm going to come up soon with, with a gut check specific giveaway. Uh, and, and this one's going to be in, in hardcover as well as paperback and hardcover with a, with a dust jacket. And I'm really excited about the dust jacket. I've always wanted to see my face on the inside flap of a dust jacket. Absolutely. You've had that, Ted. I've got several of your books in, in that format on my shelf. How's that feel? I have had that and it's nice. I'm not going to lie, it's really nice. Did you feel like George McFly when he when he opened the box and his his novel was in there and Dude, I did. I did. That's exactly how I felt. And he flipped and, through uh, it for like half of one second and then he just put it back.
0: Exactly, cuz that's uh th- that's the way George McFly does things. So <laughs> I like it. You know what? I uh I, I have to be honest, I just googled a transparent mom Zachary Bartles. Uh-huh. Uh because I wanted to see I wanted to see uh your situation there on a transparent mom, and uh, I like it. There's a yeah. little. There's a little video here of you reading um, the last con. The last con, yeah. So Zach, what you're telling me is that you're gonna have you're gonna have your image on the inside flap of uh, of, of the book.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's gonna be. Um, I, I've got a new. I've got a new headshot. Okay. Um, where, Can you describe it for me? Because Hans Booby, this is radio, not television. Yeah, you know, I and, and this is kind of one of the saddest things, right? Okay. Um, where you're like, you know, my my headshot now is just me, kind of with that weird fuming look, you know, that's like yeah. I'm a mystery writer, brr, oh yeah. less ugly Stephen King kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I wanted something that that kind of showcased the gut checkiness a little bit. Yeah. And so I got one with my sleeves rolled up, and I'm standing <laughs> in a really awkward way so as to show the tattoos that are on my yeah, forearms. Yeah. You're displaying your tattoos. I can see
0: this. I'm viewing it right now. Really? Where? <laughs> um, it's at this website that I would have never clicked around oh. on a whole bunch <laughs> called TransparentMom.com. Transparent I didn't realize Mom.
1: that that uh, one
0: wound up there. I thought it was just a really goofy one where I was like – Uh, No, it sure did. It's, it's here, man. And, and yeah, you're, you're doing that thing where you're leaning sort of on the edge of a table, uh but not on the way that a person would normally lean (laughs) with like their, with their palms toward them. You're (laughs) leaning with like your palms, like grasping the table so that we can see your forearms.
1: And that was like the, of like the nine possible like nuances of that stance. That was the least awkward looking one.
0: Dude, can I say something about your shirt, sort of your, your shirt necklace combo here? Sure. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. And this is this is, you know, kind of out there. But you you look to me like uh, Henry Hill in in Goodfellas, like the early Henry Hill. I feel like that's how he wore his crucifix, sort really? of uh, sort of like on the
1: outside there. So it's looking you know a little thinking? less like clergy and a little more like mafia.
0: Yeah, you look a little Henry Hill with a black dress shirt with the rolled up sleeves and the and the crucifix. It's kind of a mafia thing.
1: Mafia mafia clergy.
0: Mafia clergy, yeah. Which which is going to be the title of your next book? Man of the
1: cloth, but the cloth has been like stuffed into a guy's mouth and he's been thrown into a trunk. Exactly. Yeah. And stabbed yeah. repeatedly with a kitchen knife that I stole from my from from Pesci's mom's house.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> we just this thing is writing itself. That whole thing know? is the title, though. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> exactly. Wait. What, what was the What was the main title? Man of the cloth. Man of the cloth. And then um, the cloth was further explained in the subtitle. Yeah. Man of the cloth colon and then all the rest of that other stuff. I like it. I like it. So, baby, October
1: this uh, this this new project drops. Yeah, October thirty, which is Devil's Night, and then I've got uh, it, it, the whole thing is kind of you, you know I like I like books that are broken up into like sections. Yeah. And this one's broken up into the sections of days, which is Devil's Night, which is the night before Halloween. Did you guys do anything on Devil's Night when when you were growing up, like TP people or anything?
0: No, and I have to tell you that I didn't even know that Devil's Night was a thing until I saw this really crappy '90s movie called The Crow. Do you oh, remember The dude. Crow with Brandon Lee?
1: Dude, it's not crappy though. It's so artistic because he died mm. while filming it. So therefore, it's you know. So it,
0: therefore, all the cheesy stuff that happens is rendered artistic because <laughs> yes. because because someone is dead because of the movie. That whole thing was very like proto emo though, don't you think? Like like oh, yeah. very it was, like it was, it was very proto emo. Um. Except that I made a very, I I made a very important mistake. I made a huge miscalculation recently. Yeah, that's you another Tobias
1: bucks? Funke move, right? No, no, that's a job <laughs> move. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. What was What was the problem? The huge mistake was viewing that movie again and
0: <laughs> thinking that it would hold up in any way, shape, or form.
1: <laughs> Which you're like, what is this even about? How does this make any sense? What is going yeah. on? <laughs> yes, I know. I know the feeling. I, I've made that mistake as well. Dude, it was awful because I hadn't
0: watched the movie since, like, my sophomore year of college when I was a very different person than I am now. (laughs) And you were a very 90s person. I was a very 90s person with, like, very 90s tastes. And uh, as it turns out, I'm not that person anymore. And (laughs) and The Crow sucked horribly as a
1: result. Dude, what are some other movies from the 90s that really don't hold up at all? Like, you expect them... Like, Good Will Hunting is an example of one that I, I was really on, like... I don't know if I should watch this again because I don't know if this is going to hold up. And it totally did. Yeah, uh, but so there have been some that, that were the exact opposite. Dude, I feel
0: like Dead Poet Society wouldn't hold up, but I'm <laughs> no afraid it. No, it doesn't.
1: I've seen it recently and it's a turd, man. I remember yeah. it being so deep. And then I'm like, wait, what's the point here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Dude, you know what's kind of a turd in that way?
0: Huh. Um But I still sort of enjoy it because of certain things. Uh, The movie School Ties. Do you remember this movie with Brendan Fraser?
1: Yes. We've talked about that a a little bit. And I think you've seen it a lot more recently than me because I don't remember. All I remember is Fraser out in the rain waiting for the anti-Semitic guy who I don't even remember who that was to come out and fight him. And he never did. I think it was Matt Damon actually. Was it Damon? Yeah. It was early, very early Matt Damon
0: playing like a sneering douche like a sneering East Coast blue-blooded douche
1: as himself uh, <laughs> but then he, he made up for it by going you know and fighting the Nazis and, and saving private Ryan I guess that's right that's right <laughs> no that one that one kind
0: of holds up and and you loved it in the 90s because it was sort of you know it was sort of like making a statement you know it's about race and you know we need to be open-minded and and you know all this Like stuff that, um, I don't know, that when you're in college and when it's the 90s, like you're deeply into messages like that. Whenever you're
1: in college and it's the 90s, that's what you're into. Every
0: time. You view it as an adult and, (laughs) you know, without the luxury of being in college and you realize this is just a very mediocre movie that stars Brendan Fraser. And
1: for some reason there was, even before he died, um, Mm -hmm. there was this kind of like hushed sacredness about anything where, um, where Robin Williams touched on something serious. And I don't know oh, yeah. why, because I mean, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, for, and people are going to hate us for this if you agree, and they're just going to hate me for it if I, if you don't. But I thought Good Morning Vietnam was like a C plus movie.
0: Oh, I agree, Zach. I I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. Like, I thought it was a C plus movie, like back then. Yeah, you know, back when everybody was was sort of lauding it, and uh, yeah, I just didn't get it. I didn't get the I didn't get the hype uh, surrounding that movie, and yeah, to me, it was always like. That guy achieved, like, Hollywood sainthood somehow, um, but I, n- I never
1: got it. I'm like – Yeah, there were no you know, miracles he, attributed to him, to push the metaphor. He just got – was, it was almost like he purchased his sainthood. Yeah, I'm like, a few years ago, this guy was doing Mork and Mindy, you know? <laughs> it, and now he's a saint, you know, now he's like a, now he's like a Hollywood saint. Although, dude, we watched Mrs. Doubtfire with my kid last Sunday and that holds up and and we loved it. And it occurred to me that movie would never get made today because it would be like transphobic or something. And, oh, but, dude, yeah. Man, that a funny that movie movie. would get shut right down.
0: <laughs> it would get shut right, right down. You, um,
1: Ted, can I, yeah. can I confess something to you? And I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Of course you can, S- baby. And then I want to talk about another 90s movie. Well, you're singing my song there, man. No problem. But uh, okay. something that wasn't even 90s. It was much, much more recent, which okay. you and I both loved. Okay. And we talked a lot about and we enjoyed together a little bit, which I have been watching. It's a television show, so I've been kind of binging it again, okay. uh, which is Burn Notice. Oh, Burn Notice, dude. Yes. Remember when we were in our Burn Notice phase? <laughs> we were We were firmly in that phase. It was super fun. I got to confess that in watching it again... Mm-hmm. Burn Notice kind of sucks
0: Zach it's so funny you mentioned that and here's why <laughs> I had the exact same experience probably six months ago oh, in God. that I started watching a couple of apps of Burn Notice with Tristan with my son and cause he's kind of into like action stuff now and you know we've watched the Bourne movies together and you know he can handle like a certain level of that and uh so I'm like oh man you'll like, you'll like the show Burn Notice so uh we watched through a couple of apps and we were both just kind of
1: like, yeah, this blows. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, I all of a sudden saw, like, I, I think in my mind, like, because certain television shows had been so good lately, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, oh, TV is amazing now. And so in watching Burn Notice, I didn't see that it had 80. 80- 7% in common with, like, Miami Vice and, like, all these, like, throwaway cop shows, you know. Dude,
0: Burn Notice, the funny thing about Burn Notice is that it kind of came and went right before TV got good. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, It was the last of, like, the bad, like, standard TV shows. But here's the thing, baby, and here's how I want to push you a little bit and push myself. <laughs> I want to I wanna try to understand the psychology behind why we thought that show was great, like, four years ago
1: when I we were super into it. It's ninety percent just Bruce Campbell's pure magnetism, right? He's fantastic. He's so good. I would watch that guy doing anything. Yes, yes. And I haven't yet seen any of the new Ash and the Evil Dead show, but when when that's you know available to like purchase a season and, and watch it, I'm totally going to love it. And, and you know, admittedly. Um. Oh, who's the guy who plays Michael Weston? I mean, he's just Michael Weston in my mind. Does he have a name? He's Michael
0: Weston in my mind. Yeah.
1: yeah, so Michael Weston is freaking amazing as well. I mean, like yeah. when he does something awesome, uh-huh. there, there's like a, a really good feeling inside for the payoff. And so yeah. there's all these elements, uh, you know, that really work, but it's like they put them into the, the outer shell of all of this just craptastic TV tropes that, that, that are tired and need to be retired, you know? Yeah, for sure.
0: Dude, the funny thing that we that we realized about that show, again, watching like three episodes in and then just remembering all the eps that we watched back when we were into it, I think the first episode was probably the best. Mm-hmm. And each one got like a slight gradation worse until by the very end, they were just trash.
1: Did you see the, the later season, though, that had uh, Jesse –
0: Oh, yeah, I remember Jesse. I that remember
1: guy Jesse. breathed some new life into it. He really did. That guy's in a bunch of stuff now. He was on Jeez. the new season of Hand of God. He, he's, he's cool, man. That guy's really cool. So he, he, he almost brought it back, but it had already fallen quite a ways at that point.
0: He did breathe a little life into it. But what was funny about the Jesse uh, experience was it was clear and it was, so, it was so transparent that they were just like, here's a decent-looking, like ambiguously ethnic guy that we are giving you to breathe new life into this
1: program. It was like on a sitcom when someone... They're like, All right, have, have a character have a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like, have exactly. have another shirt-tail relative of, of of the Huxtables come and live with them, you know? Like- oh,
0: dude, I loved that in the Cosby show. Like, they were introducing a new Huxtable, like... You know, uh, every couple
1: of weeks there for yeah, a they're while. Like, they're like, right. you know what? Everyone you've heard of, that's a Huxtable. And and you know, pick your <laughs> exactly. favorite. They're going to come live here for a while. Except, uh-huh. you know, I I bailed on the Cosby Show when Cousin Pam came to live there.
0: See, I don't even remember Cousin Pam. I don't think I made it to Cousin Pam.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was on board with uh, with little little Raven Simone when she was like three years oh, old. Yeah. yeah, she was super cute. But yeah, they, they, that, that hit the wall. And and really, if if they would have taken the Jesse thing one step further that I never bailed on that show though I watched it until the until the finale yeah I bailed on burn notice
0: before the finale I just never got I never got that that far did Um, you
1: realize that his mother on that show was either Cagney or Lacey from Cagney and Lacey no yeah and and there was an episode where she like had to help him like grift somebody yeah, And she became friends in real life with this lady, and then the lady realized she'd been played, and, and, and yeah. the mom was all – and that was the other one. So you had Cagney and Lacey, but neither of them playing a cop. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, the mom character was actually
0: really great on Burn Notice.
1: Yes, yes. Dude. She, she, she actually really kind of made the, the show. She stole the scene she was in.
0: Yeah, she did. She really did steal the scene she was in.
1: The way she could bogart a cigarette,
0: man. Dude, now I'm looking at, I'm looking at old Cagney and Lacey photos now. And you're right, man. That is her looking very young and very different. Um,
1: man, that is something. That's crazy. It's one of those things where you would never even have remembered there was a Cagney and Lacey but for this conversation. Dude, and the funny thing about Cagney and Lacey is that
0: I remember being aware of it being a thing in the 80s, but it was sort of before I was allowed to watch TV like that. You and know you what wouldn't I mean? have had
1: any interest anyway, right?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have had any interest. So like, I, I was just aware of it existing, but I wasn't like – it wasn't on my radar in any in any kind of significant way. Um but yeah, now that I now that so what was the premise of and Lacey? Because the reason I ask, Zach, it kind of <laughs> looks like our cop movie premise just with women.
1: <laughs> are you with me? I, I think it was it was kind of the these two women are and, and I've only seen a couple apps on like me tv or you know one of his broadcast yeah. things that shows old shows i think yeah. it was just like here are two women in a man's world they're they're scoffed at and kind of patted on the head and yet they're the oh, best at what patronized. they do yeah. yeah 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 so like they had to deal with all the men and and also just be awesome cops i i remember it being uh thought of as forward thinking um yeah. but it would probably just be adorable now yeah dude it kind of makes me want to go
0: and revisit some old apps man to dude, see uh it's not going <laughs> to hold a candle to our movie though No, it isn't. It isn't. But I feel like there might be some there might be something there I can use. There might be some influence um, (laughs) that I can draw from Cagney and Lacey to kind of uh, to kind of graft into our movie. Maybe we can maybe we can include a little homage to Cagney and Lacey in uh, in our picture.
1: Here's a crazy idea. You know how they like they keep remaking stuff and like changing characters (laughs) to less white male characters like Ghostbusters are now all women. Dude, and, what if we go in the other direction and we remake Cagney right. <laughs> remake- This is just <laughs> an adaptation of the old TV show Cagney and Lacey, but it starts two men. Dude, we make a Cagney
0: and Lacey movie <laughs> with you and I as Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> in
1: right, a world so, where now being a man cop is like the 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 thing that's
0: dragging dude, you down we're the marginalized ones. Now, I got to <laughs> I got to open this up. So, I need to read a little bit about Cagney and Lacey because I, I want to know what we're getting ourselves into storyline-wise. Okay. So, Okay. Um Cagney and Lacey is an American television series that originally aired on CBS television for seven seasons. A police procedural. That's the thats the name of the actual uh, genre.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, so we're making, Zach, a police procedural. Naturally, yeah. The show stars Tyne Daly and Sharon Glass as New York City police detectives who lead very different lives. Christine Cagney was a single career-minded woman.
1: <laughs> That'll be <laughs> While- me.
0: Yeah, well, Mary Beth Lacey was a married working mother. That'll be me. <laughs> the, the series was set in a fictionalized version of Manhattan's 14th Precinct, known as Midtown South. For six consecutive years, one of the two lead actresses won, wow, the Emmy for Best Lead Actress in a Drama. Wow, that is oh, when, impressive. That really is impressive. So I'm going to click down to synopsis and see um, what I can learn about these uh, – These kind of story arcs in Cagney and Lacey and see if there's like a, uh, you know, something central that we can draw on for the movie. Um, The beginning of the sixth season saw the arrival of Manny Esposito, a young street savvy detective who became Karas' new partner. Okay. That'll be Trogues. Yeah, that'll be Trogues. (laughs) (laughs) It all fits together. It all fits together. By the way, how's your uh, how's your friendship with Trogs progressing?
1: Have you guys had a good week? I actually had a little worry there because I sent him some articles a few days ago and I didn't hear anything back from him. And usually he jumps right on those. Yeah, and so I thought maybe he'd uh, he'd listen to our our podcast and Mm -hmm. and uh, didn't like the fact that he was the villain in our movie. Yeah. Um, but then, but then he, he texted me last night. So we're all good. We're, we're, the romance oh, is still, you know, it's still in the honeymoon stage. Dude. So you were a little
0: anxious. You were anxious that maybe Trogues had cooled on you a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's, well, we've all been there. I mean, we've all been through that, but, uh,
1: <laughs> I was afraid I was the next Ted Clark. Yeah,
0: exactly. You, you were just going to be a Rolodex to Trogues and nothing more, <laughs> <laughs> man. I love this Cagney and Lacey idea. I think this is what we run with. And I think. There's real potential here for another graphic to to put with this uh, with this with this episode that we're that we're sassing out here. Yes, um, yes, I love it. I love it. Cagney and Lacey, the remake, starring
1: male cops, white male cops. <laughs> <laughs> you know that reminds me of of another movie from the '90s. I'm afraid to watch again, which is Falling Down, which was one of my favorites oh, in the '90s. Dude, is that going to hold up?
0: I have that in
1: my collection.
0: And I've been terrified to watch it for the same reason. Like, I literally have, like, I've refused to watch it. And there it sits. There it sits on my shelf. And, like, I'm happy to own it. I'm proud to own it. I remember it being great. But, um, but yeah, I don't want to have that experience of, of being let down by the movie. It's a uh, weird so-
1: thing because I know it literally by heart. I mean, name a scene and I will tell you I'll have a Whammy Burger, Whammy Fries, and a chocolate Wham Shake. I mean, I'll tell you the whole thing. But yeah. I still don't know if it holds up.
0: Yeah, I know it. I know It's all
1: it. in the like the lighting and, and a lot of the editing and even the soundtrack and the sound effects. A lot of it just makes things so 90s that, that you're just like, yeah, no.
0: Dude, you know what we watched recently together? And this was a blast, man. And, and I'm sure maybe we've talked about this in the program. Maybe we haven't. But uh, last time I was at your house, um, we had this magical night where we set up the big projector in your living room. And we had snacks galore. And we watched uh, the old point break together.
1: The original. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we the, talked about that. The, that was the day before we recorded like three Eps in a row at the card table. The card That's table right. Time we, were so, machine. we were so high. We were so manic because
0: we were together and we were, we were like uh, just shotgunning energy drinks together. And yeah,
1: that was, that was a fun day. Um, I, I would like to have another one of those days. I would take that day today or tomorrow or the next day. Um, you know what's
0: funny, though? I feel like we're going to have ten of those days in Israel.
1: I, I feel like we're we're gonna struggle to get one app in. I really do. I don't even know if how I'm gonna bring the equipment to record an app. You know what? The the chances of you
0: bringing the equipment to record and then having the equipment actually work in Israel, I give it like a point oh oh one percent chance of actually working. Nah, think but...
1: I'll bring the blue box. Remember that was never oh, that was always blue. just like plug in the mic, hit record. Dude, that and That was always rock solid, man. Yeah, that if, if only we could one. be in the same room again, we could just get back to that. I know we could get back to that blue box willy Bag situation that we're. I Wells believe first. in the blue box. Custom Auto believes in the blue box. <laughs> That's Ted Lock right. believes in the blue box. Baby, we all believe in the blue
0: box, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get back to that situation. But um, what's funny to me about this conversation and about Point Break is the Point Break was, you know, really one of the first of these, you know, buddy cop uh, scenarios that. You know that we've been we've been kind of on for the last two episodes.
1: Although that was Dang. more of like a frenemy cop situation, right? Like, because yeah, even though they were they were like they were like soulmates, but also enemies on the surface. There was there was some stuff there.
0: there dude, there was a lot of stuff going on in that movie, which
1: let's be clear was a total piece of trash. <laughs> it was the worst. I remember a, a scene and a half. We were like, dude, this holds up. It's great. And dude, then, by the third, third the scene, we were, were like, over, no.
0: you're like, oh man, this is terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think
0: I think here's where it here's where it kinda dropped off um was the very first time that dialogue happened in the movie.
1: Yeah, that really dragged it down. If only they yeah. if it had been like a Wally esque, you know, or like a silent picture, wouldn't if that it be really like kind of avant-garde to do like a non talkie in this day and age? They could have been all right. Dude, a non talking a silent picture with that little, like, piano trill in the background. Is, is it would, it cuts to, like, a stylized, like, Western font thing to show you the dialogue. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and you wouldn't have Odie, had to hear Gary Busey speak. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dude,
0: that would be amazing. Somebody should do a version of that with uh, <laughs> the old point Break. I would watch that. I'd watch yeah. that. For days.
1: Dude, can I try and bring this back to, like, the conversation we were having and close that out? You can bring it back to whatever
0: conversation you Although want. Although,
1: before it's, 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 I do that, I want to hear what was the other 90s movie you had in mind. Dude, it was that one. It was Point Break. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, wow. That worked out well, didn't it? It really did.
0: Yeah. It really did.
1: <laughs> um, So, after Devil's Night. Yeah. Then there will be All Hallows' Eve. Okay. Followed by All Saints' Day. Followed uh-huh. by All Souls' Day, when the climax of the uh, the novel is, is taking place. So... Um, that's, that's how it's broken up in the book. And then that's also how I'm going to kind of, I'm, I'm releasing it on the devil's night. And then we're going to kind of, uh, have a, a thing for every day leading up to all saints day or all souls day, where I'm hoping to have a, uh, big release deal at, uh, Baker books like I have in the past. Nice baby.
0: I like it. I like it baby. Since we're talking about the nineties, I I've got to tell you about a funny thing that happened to me, uh, yesterday in class. So two days ago, Wednesday, the 15th was my birthday.
1: Oh, happy birthday. How did I miss your birthday, man? I feel like we're growing apart with you Maybe down we're in not Tennessee. growing apart. I mean, you're spending all this time with
0: Trogues, and I feel, uh, you know, I feel <laughs> I wouldn't miss Trogues'
1: that. birthday. I'll tell you that. I know yeah, that I right know. off you the top of my head.
0: You, you, like, baked him a cake and, you know, <laughs> called him a couple times on his birthday. I got nothing,
1: but, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that, Zach, and I'm working through that. Dude, and- I'm, I'm going to get you a birthday present belated with one of those cards that's like, sorry, <laughs> this is late, and has, like, a puppy on the front. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> the funny thing that happened to me yesterday. So uh, my students know that I love the nineties and they also know that I, I tend to get a little glum on my birthday.
1: And, is that? Um, no, Hold on a minute. Suss that out a minute. Suss what out? The fact that I get glum? On yeah. My is it, you're feeling your mortality. I mean, you're, you're still Maybe a young I, man. I know I'm, I'm still a young
0: man. I got my whole life ahead of me, but I'm, I, I do, I kind of feel my mortality and it's kind of, it's kind of that, but then reflecting on like, um, I don't know everything that I haven't done, and I, I, you know, it's a milestone. And I didn't get to be, to be fair and to be honest, I didn't get super glum about it this year. Okay. So uh, I had a, I actually had a really good birthday. Um, but I come into class yesterday morning, and I got a very cryptic text from one of my students the night before that said, "Wear your Doc Martens
1: and this knitted beanie that you have." <laughs> so. <laughs> No, so it, it, it just kind of break down the the, the uh, particulars of this student. This is a this is a dude. No, this is this is a this is a girl. She's one of my uh, one of my writers for Cardinal
0: and Kareem. That would have felt like a was.
1: weird thing to get. Like, where I'm telling you what to wear tomorrow. You must have been very confused by that, dude. It was weird. It was confusing. But uh, but I I,
0: I kind of knew that something '90s related might be in the offing because of just because of the presence of the Doc Martins. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that so. makes some sense. So I wore the Doc Martens, I wore the the knit beanie and I wore like a flannel with jeans and um, and these students they like crashed my class and they brought me cupcakes, they brought me a 90s playlist and they oh, brought me this Yeah, they brought me this collection of like 90s crap that they had, that they had picked up at Goodwill the day before. Spectacular. And there were Dude, it was amazing. So there were three 90s self-help books in this stack of books. <laughs> With very '90s looking like people like in an embrace on the cover, and the and the, the, the woman like gazing longingly into the eyes of the man, like you know, now that you're self actualized, I can really love you, you know, like that kind of book cover. It
1: it's was its terrific. own genre.
0: It's its own genre. So, uh, so there was that kind of thing. One of them was uh, a a book by Pac- Patrick Morley, which was like a a pseudo Christian self help author from like the '90s. The book was called. Uh, the book is called Man in the Mirror.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, that's like, a, that's like a pre-Osteen, Osteen
0: book, right? It's a pre-Osteen, Osteen. Yeah, it's a pre-Osteen kind of follow your dreams type of thing. So Man in the Mirror was one of the books that I got. And then the, 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 the kind of- I have that book. book, dude. I think I got it at Promise Keepers. Dude, that's amazing. I have <laughs> the book now too. We could, You know what? We should read through the book together. Let's and, have a study
1: group together over Skype. Let's have a
0: study group on the air. That, that could be- <laughs> That could be our next kind of recurring thing, <laughs> where we read a we read a '90s self help book together on the air, um, and discuss. But no, dude. So the 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 kind of like uh, the the fillet of this gift was they had gotten me like a very circa '90s turtleneck. It was a it, it was like a turtleneck sweater from the '90s. That's so great. And, and I have this little like sub office in my classroom, so I went in the little sub office. I put on the turtle Lake sweater from the '90s, and uh, and I wore it for the rest of the day. So with the beanie uh, and the
1: Doc Martens,
0: with the beanie and the Doc Martens. Oh, so the whole Ted. thing kind of kind of worked out, man. Ted, they it love you. I hope so. Man. They
1: don't just I admire hope. you; they truly love you.
0: I hope so. You know, you never know. You never know if if what you're doing is is really like getting through, but. um
1: if, if yeah, you aren't have, reaching them with whatever you're supposed to be teaching them, you're at least reaching them with the 90s and that's something. Dude, I am and the and the, the playlist was very strong. Like they did a very
0: nice job on the playlist. So it shows me that they're they're gaining a real love and appreciation for all things 90s as a result of, of my tutelage. So Now was Night um, Swimming on the list? Dude, Night Swimming was not on the list. Let me uh let me actually pull the list up. Dude, here's here's what we have here's what we have on the list. Um Blink 182, what's my age again? Nice. My own worst enemy by Lit, which is a song yes. that I like truly love. Lit,
1: lit, 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 lit.
0: Love that song. Uh, Semi Charmed Life by Third
1: Eye oh, Blind. Yes. Wait, is it the full version with the little like breakdown in the middle about the mattress, or is it the radio version? Oh, I think it's I think it's the full version. Ah, wonderful. Um, Spoon
0: Man by Soundgarden. <laughs> Soundgarden. Yeah, I love, li- dude. I like I like me some Soundgarden in the nineties. Uh, Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne, which Uh I think probably came out in like 2004.
1: Right, right. But it's still Um, a 90s song.
0: Yeah, it's still a 90s song. And it begins by The Counting Crows, which they just Uh know me and they know that I love that song. Um, Released by Pearl Jam. They know that that's my favorite Pearl Jam song. Uh Um, Heart Shaped Box, Nirvana, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not my favorite Nirvana track. But What is your favorite Nirvana song? Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm not a big Nirvana guy, man, to be honest. Um... Nirvana just kind of bums me out. So I'm not a. Yeah, I'm not a Nirvana guy.
1: I'm a Pearl Jam guy. Um, See, I I see them as as being kind of, uh, what do you say, kissing cousins, you know? Yeah, yo, very similar. Very, very similar. Both from Seattle, both,
0: uh, you know, kind of rose to prominence at the same time. Now, here's the the funniest track on here, Zach, on this playlist Higher by Creed.
1: Oh, dude, no, they don't know you at all.
0: Dude, they do, though. There's a story (laughs) behind that. So, uh,. The story behind that is every spring, uh, my newspaper staff and I, we take this trip to uh, to a conference. It's called the Southeast Journalism Conference, and we always have like a two-hour ride to it. And last year, for some reason, this dude, my sports editor and I, um, he was sitting in the front seat. I was driving, and the, kids, the, the other kids were all in the back, and he like dialed up some Creed on his phone. Oh, I know what it was. He told me he used to be in a Creed like cover band <laughs> in high school, like – no, he was in the, it's even sadder than that. He was in the worship band for like his high school youth group, and they would play Creed songs.
1: Of course, and, because that
0: was the sort of Christian popular music, yeah. Exactly. So I told him, I said, you know, I think Scott Stapp might be in my pitch. Why don't you dial up some Creed, and we can just sing through a couple of these tracks? And, uh, and we ended up singing Creed in the car for like the rest of the conference, oh, so boy. now it's kind of a... Now it's a tradition to sing creed together on these trips, and uh, they they know they know that higher is my is my favorite creed track to sing, even though it's a turd, it's a total turd.
1: If if you actually had kept you know not I guess not your word but the expectations of of people who who truly love you, um, yeah. and gotten on Twitter, you would have seen yeah. uh, this hilarious suggestion that uh, the morose. Montage where you were kind of walking around the city, you know, in your Doc Martens and your beanie, all sad during the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. The the music would have been uh, night swimming. Oh, I love that! I love that, man. I thought that was a very spot on observation. But you know, speaking of Twitter, uh, I I did get the randomizer uh, tuned up and and it's uh, installed again. The one piece of technology that always does work in our in our podcast. This is kind of vintage day on the program. We're kind of going vintage. We're kind of rolling back the clock here. If only we uh, had an energy drink.
0: I know, man. I wish we had an energy drink and a cigar so that we could fully roll back the clock. But in lieu of that, we are going to roll back to a conceit uh, that we started right at the beginning of this program. And what's fun about this, Zach, is that we we fire up a machine called the randomizer. So if you're new to the program, uh, it's a piece of technology that uh, exists only within – uh, the Gut Check podcast. So you can't get a randomizer anywhere else. And what the randomizer will do uh, is call through the internet, and by the internet I mean one particular author's Twitter feed, um, and pull up a tweet that might be provocative, might be funny in some way. But here's the rule, Zach. I know you remember this, so I'm doing this for the, the edification of the listener. Um, the rule is, one of us has to read this tweet, deadpan, and the other cannot laugh um
1: -hmm. yeah or react in any way
0: or react in any way the author is rachel held evans can't vomit can't do anything can't comment can't react can't do anything so the 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 tweet just has to speak for itself so zach uh the author
1: is rachel held evans here we go and start round and round it goes oh the gears are moving much much smoother you can't even hear them Mm Yeah, we've
0: oiled up the randomizer.
1: It's like oiled it up like Scott Stapp. It's like Scott Stapp. (laughs) And here it is. Okay. At Rachel Held Evans, 15 March. So, like, do we ever learn what the Thomas the Train culture does with those deemed, quote, not useful? Not sure I want to know. (laughs) What are you doing Uh over there?
0: Dude, you know what? Something funny happened in my office, actually. <laughs> it's a huge but coincidence. It's so funny. It's such a huge coincidence that at the same time you were reading that ridiculous
1: tweet, something something equally funny was happening in my office. Um, now, I, I yeah. don't want to really dissect this because that goes against um, – I mean it, it goes against the idea behind the segment if it doesn't really go against the way the segment has always played out. But yeah. I- is this meant to be funny or I don't know. That's the thing. Is this uh, like a serious, like I I think when you descend that far into self parody, it's impossible yeah. to know if you're trying to, to goof on something.
0: Now I have to come clean here and admit something. Okay. I have deconstructed a lot of sort of favorite childhood cartoon programs based on feminist theory. I mean, it's just sort of a hobby of mine and I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about this a whole lot. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I hadn't gotten to Thomas the Tank Engine yet, um, vis-a-vis feminist theory. But my guess is there's a lot, there's a whole lot of phallic imagery going on in Thomas the Tank Engine. There's a lot of penises and wombs in that show. If you get my
1: drift, dude. I've got uh, I've got three thoughts on this. Okay, one I'd is. You knew to call it Thomas the Tank Engine, and she did not. She called it Thomas the Train, which shows that she's just Rookie uninitiated. She's
0: not a fan of the show. She's not a fan of the show. Her
1: kid must not be old enough, or I don't know, or she's just starting to watch those with her kid, and she's not quite. Secondly, if she knew the show, she would know what happens to them, which is that they go to the smelter's yard. I mean, that's a right. fact. Uh, and they're afraid of the smelter's yard. Obviously, they are conscious when they are melted down there, and they yeah. die. Uh, I mean, that's that's a dark part of the universe. That I mean, this isn't a question that's unanswered. Uh, Rachel, the hell, this is this is obvious. Yeah. Uh, and then thirdly, remember when you did that thing for the Gut Check Army, which is up there on the newly revamped Gut Check Army page, uh, mm-hmm. which was if Rachel Held Evans live tweeted uh, <laughs> '90s action movies. Yeah, it might that be so funny fun. if you did a little uh, if Rachel Held Evans uh, live tweeted children's programs. Favorite, yeah. favorite children's programming.
0: Oh, I love it, baby. I love, uh, I love that uh, idea. I think we need to do this. I a romper
1: do this. room. You get a little like picture pages. Uh, Regal Rock. Rock. Dude,
0: yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I mean, I don't want to live in a world, and I don't want my kids to grow up in a world where um, after things or people have been uh, around for a super long time and, and have gotten old, like they die and go away. <laughs> And any here's the thing. Any cartoon that promotes that, um, that idea that, that like <laughs> things or people just like wear out over time and there's a there's a slow decay and then they get they, they die. I can't support anything that that sort of acknowledges that because I'm so against that. It's a slippery you know what I mean?
1: slope. What's next? Like the idea that we're walking around and people have these bony structures inside their faces, like on that Carmen video?
0: I don't like where you're going with that. <laughs> Um, that's my thing. I mean, my, my issue with that is that I don't like it and it's, and it's repellent to me. (laughs) I mean, I can, I can, I can kind of get behind that except that I hate it. (laughs) I hate everything about it. You know what I'm saying?
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry for taking you to that place, Ted. Yeah. That was unfair of me. I should have had a trigger warning for you.
0: Well, and I can tell you now that, uh, that I will not be watching, uh, Thomas, the tank engine again. (laughs) Um, now that I know these disturbing truths about the program. It's
1: not because your children are now, like, 12 and 14. It's it's just yeah. because of this stuff,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's not because my kids would rather watch, like, the new Jason Bourne movie. Um,
1: <laughs> or I even mean, the I, Burn I, Notice, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never stopped watching Thomas the Tank Engine, except until now. Like, I'm done. I'm out on it. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the thing is, uh, in Thomas the Tank Engine, it's not that you get old and wear out so much as if you cause confusion and delay, you're just removed. It's a very, it's one of many very communist kind of, uh, mm-hmm. situations in, sh- like, like Smurfs, where you've got, like, yeah. they're all the same. You, you, you know, there's no, individuality and then there there's this this obvious uh, demonization of the church which is gargamel this this yeah. guy with a, a monk's tonsure in a monk's cloak who's always trying to capture and kill them you know like mm-hmm. an inquisition type situation Th- those are all over children's you know and, and and i think that that uh if if and when we write this little piece uh we'd, we'd get a good deconstruction of all that i think
0: we need that and um and we we will have that yeah um Zach, I'm glad you've I'm glad you've challenged me in that way, and I'm glad you challenged me with that tweet. I, I feel just intellectually like I've been like I've kind of been pushed this morning, um, and I and I like that, baby. We have time for one more thing, and I believe it's a uh, a tweet that you were gonna uh, not a tweet a review a review of uh, a recent gut check. Uh, endeavor that you were going to read for us. Am this right? is
1: a wonderful review. It, it makes me sad mm-hmm. at the same time as it makes me happy. It makes me sad because mm-hmm. we're getting some like kind of repeat people reviewing before <laughs> getting new people, which tells me maybe the gut check army has reached capacity and it's not going to grow anymore.
0: No, I don't. I don't want to believe that. Yeah, <laughs> in the same way that I don't want to believe people get old and die. I don't want to believe that about the gut check. <laughs>
1: But it makes me happy because it shows such enthusiasm, and, and, and this is the uh, – I'm going to read the actual review, then I'm going to read the, the subject line on it. The review yeah. is uh, – this is a review by Lyko Erut, Uh and it was on February 16th, so it's about a month ago. I'm currently hacking my wife's iTunes account in order to leave this podcast another five-star review. Ruddy. Oh, ruddy. <laughs> and, and the subject line is? If only I were King Solomon. Oh, meaning he'd like to leave us seven hundred uh, more five-star reviews, but he has but one wife to hack.
0: Mm, interesting, man. There's a lot going on there too. You know <laughs> that that we probably shouldn't get into on the program, but uh, <laughs> suffice it to say, but we
1: might kind of uh, tease that all out in our Cagney and Lacey adaptation. So, oh, dude, we might. That might that might come up in a Cagney and Lacey episode. Dude, I cameos all around for the Gut Check Army.
0: That's right. Ruddy Ruddy can be the we, we could do we could do a, an episode where there's like a like a like a polygamy subplot and Ruddy can he can he, he could play a guy in like the New York underground who calls himself King Solomon. And uh you know, you just let your mind wander through that one. But so, uh, so this is
1: gonna be like an issues show.
0: Baby, it's gonna be a it's not just gonna be an issues show. It's gonna be an issues in focus show. <laughs>
1: Are you with me? Are, are, I am are with you? you. sounds like okay. issues that affect the community.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a show. Exactly. It's going to be a show about about issues that affect the community. And um, Zach, what's, what's odd and, and interesting to me is that this episode has been a show about issues that affect the community. I mean, we have touched <laughs> yes, on so indeed. many important things today on the program. And uh, I, I just, for one, am thrilled that we got the technology to work. Uh, to the degree that we could that we could do this,
1: <laughs> I'm not going to talk you about do the technology. The, Ted, I'm not talking funny. about the technology.
0: Yeah, I, what's funny is that you always do this at the end of the program. You always kind of leave me hanging with uh with a statement that i've made so
1: I'm baby i never eyes. quite know when you're just gonna be like and we will see you next time. I, I you know i'm I, yeah no i know there's I no know. script there's, you know if you thought there was if you assumed there was a script we understand but there's not. there's no script
0: it's raw <laughs> it's it's unfiltered and that's what people have come to love about the program and we will see those people <laughs> next time